All right, let's start the event. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay, and I think it's going to automatically ping the people who ticked that they want to be here. So, Bree nice. and yeah. Tyler, how are you guys? Good. I'm excited for oh, the no. throwback community event. Lots of people oh have joined. Gosh, I Did love I ping this. Everybody? I might have, I might have given an everybody ping or something. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I might have accidentally pinged every single person in the server. Cool. Hi everyone. Well, now I'm embarrassed. Uh, that's okay. That's pretty funny. So free. Free. Yeah. What have yeah. you been working? Let's start with what you've been doing. I know that you've been doing a lot of output lately, and I know that you're eager to talk about it. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm excited about it. So I was, um, as you all know, well, as you who don't know me, name's Bree, Briz, whatever, and um, work at Refold, and I'm learning Spanish, and I have been in stage two for a really, 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 really long time, and mostly just because I really like reading, I like consuming content, and I have a wee bit of social anxiety, which makes outputting somewhat you know, hard if you're not I think 45 people in the audience is giving me social anxiety. I feel good about it. I don't know why this doesn't make me nervous at all. But speaking and in Spanish hey, makes Ryan. me hella nervous. Howdy. Hey everybody. Hi yeah. Hey. So like I started I made a commitment to myself like this is this is it. This is the time. I'm gonna start practicing outputting. Like I can understand so much. It doesn't matter if I'm crap at it. So like every night for like the past like a week or so i've been like joining voice chats and stuff and it's been a lot of fun and the anxiety is turning more into like anticipation and i'm looking forward to speaking every day even though it's really bad so i'm excited about it i'm growing up i'm loving i'm leveling up you've conquered your output anxiety that's nice well i'm i wouldn't say i've conquered it but like we are working on it you are outputting in spanish i saw your time what has it been like 11 hours this week uh 11 hours and 42 minutes but like who's counting <laughs> not you personally not I think me. You, you go out there and conquer it every time you do it right yeah it gets easier and easier and easier and so like i have a daily minimum Right. Because like if I say, oh, my goal is to speak for an hour a day, like that's really intimidating, especially at the end of the day when you're really tired. Um, so my daily minimum is literally just hopping into a voice chat and saying hi. And once I hit that, usually I'll stay in chat for at least 30 minutes to an hour, which is really nice. But having the really achievable daily minimum, I think, has made it so my question possible is, for me to do it. How do you manage this having... Uh having the child you know because she tends to be like a moth to the flame at least she during is. work meetings she's yeah. like interrupting you does she get on mic does she bother you while you're uh, i i wait till she goes to sleep okay because it takes a tremendous amount of concentration like i'm fighting for my life every conversation that i have you know what i mean <laughs> like there's no way that i could do it with distractions like i even get distracted if my husband walks in behind me because like if i'm not concentrating completely it, it doesn't go very well but yeah i wait till she goes to bed and then i chat for about an hour or two and it's been really good and it's a lot cheaper than italki <laughs> like the problem is is that like okay i have 12 hours let's call it 12 hours of chatting time but you have to think about it like only like about a third of that time or less is me talking and then like another third of that time is maybe listening to Spanish speakers speaking Spanish. And then another third is listening to like broken English or other people's broken Spanish like mine. So, so is it's kind of hard to try. You chose like a, a learner server because historically Refold has cautioned people against joining learner servers. So like, there I have like to be it. some like Brandon Sanderson fan club out there in Spanish or something. It's just because it's Why really you... low barrier. It's like really low barrier of entry, super easy to jump into. And the particular server that I'm in right now has a really good mix of like English and Spanish speakers. They have really good emojis. They have really good emojis. That's like half the reason I'm there. Um, but I've had some really good conversations with people. So it's it's not always about like you know, language learning or whatever. Like the other day I was arguing with someone about why I was homeschooling. He thought it was a bad idea. And then I had to like formulate an argument in really broken Spanish about why I was doing it. 
it was pretty funny. Um, so it's nice too, because like you get like a wide variety of people and yeah, I like it better than hello talk and tandem, for example, you know, because that's I used one to really one. stand hello talk, but they've recently changed. Like yeah. you can give people gifts now and like, it's, it feels weird. It's really bizarre. It, well, it feels like, that. but yeah, I feel like on hello talk, you have like a lot of those, like, hi, how are you? My name is so-and-so blah, 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 blah. That's why Refold has historically recommended that you go to the natives, right? Join a native Discord server that talks about your special interests, whatever that may be. Um, yeah. And, I mean, that's an option. Do you think you'll be doing that in the future? I think in the future. Right now, I'm just trying to get over, like, this hurdle of anxiety that I have speaking. Um, and, I don't know, I feel comfortable on the server that I'm in. And... So a we're lot getting of comments it, free, so you'll have to yeah. drop it in the chat for people because he got people wanting to join. No way, man! It's my secret hideout. No, I'll I'll drop a link in the chat. It's pretty good. Um, I just I don't know. It's just comfy there. I like it. It's very active. Like you can find a voice chat. There's always people chatting, and there's always really interesting conversations. And I hate to say it, but my special interest is learning languages. So like, <laughs> it's. I don't really want to join another yeah. another type of server. Yeah, I, but I, it's I, cool. I, yeah. So it's nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off for a sec, and I'm gonna yeah, do it. Talk to Tyler and Ryan, or AKA Cloudy, and I want to see what they've been up to. And then I guess we were also gonna talk. We got some podcast suggestions. People wanted to know about like they wanted to touch on healthy language learning again, and I think that's something that Tyler has dealt a lot with. But uh, Tyler, what have you been up to in the past couple months? It's been a while. Uh, yeah, I think it's been like what two years since I was on last time, maybe just a year. I don't remember, but it might have been a year. Um, but I don't see you in the servers as often either. You've been doing your own thing. Yeah, I've been busy with uh, real life stuff. Like I had surgery this year, and since recovering from that, I've been looking for work in Japan, which means interviewing, outputting, obviously. Um, really, like the last year, that's all I've been doing. As far as like language stuff goes, is outputting. Um, oh, and yeah, for those who don't know, uh, I'm an admin in the Japanese server. Been learning for about four years or so. Uh, but yeah. Oh, you used uh, to read a whole bunch. Are you still doing yeah. the reading, or are you focusing totally on output? Uh, honestly, I haven't read uh, like anything <laughs> in the last. What was year your book count like before you stopped reading? 122, I think. 122 books. Yeah. So last time we talked, about a year ago, maybe two years ago, you had this issue with your output that you talked or wrote like a book. People would mm -hmm. comment yeah. that you had a very literary style of Japanese. Do you think that you've like bridged that gap since you've been focusing more on output? Yeah, that was honestly fixed within like the first three months since I had gotten into speaking. Speaking, like, pretty much not instantly fixed it, but it fixed it, like, really quickly. So, um, yeah, it's just more of literally all of my input. Well, not all of it, but, you know, like, 80% of it. Sorry. Um, for, like, I had to say, like, a year and a half came from books, basically. So, like, going to write afterwards, I mean, it makes sense why I would kind of write in that kind of way. Um, and speak actually, but it was a little more complicated than that. But yeah, like I said, just working on speaking only, I should say, for a few. But months. do you feel like you've caught your speaking up yeah. to your reading ability? Oh no, no, definitely not. I'm not sure if it'll ever be, <laughs> honestly. So interesting. Well, thank you, Tyler and Cloudman. Long time no talk. What have you been up to? Yeah, it has been a while. Uh... So yeah, uh, I guess I'll introduce myself in case there's anybody out there uh, who doesn't know me. I am Cloudy, and I've been in the community since, well, the Refold day, community since day one. And, since before uh, it was Refold, almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, day zero, I guess I could say. But um, it, I've been, uh, I, I started learning uh, maybe about nine months before Refold started. Uh, I don't know when that is. It's about three years ago. Anyway, 
for the last year, I've taken kind of a big break from learning Korean. And I just got back into it, just started dabbling, just trying to make a little bit here and there, doing some flashcards, doing some immersion, and trying not to be serious about it. But so I've one been... big thing that has happened um, is, can, can I bring this up? Or we've got three people here with ADHD. Can we, can we sure. bring that up? Sure, yeah. So um, one thing that's that has fine. happened is um, you finally started treating your ADHD again. And do you feel that that has had any impact on your, your learning of Korean? I definitely think that um, it's changed things a little bit. I've had, a, I, I've had kind of a, an interesting year, I guess, in that um, I did start getting some treatment for ADHD. And, and, and that, was, that, was, that was good, you know, working with a doctor to try to find the, a, a minimum viable treatment plan. Um, just something that is like just enough to, to get things going. And I think, I think it does make it a little bit easier to fit things into my routine when I'm busier. That's probably the biggest impact that it has. Um, the other thing that happened in most recent months was I, 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 I had been sick for a really long time and I, uh, and I just got like, I just treated this digestive problem that I've had for maybe 10 years. And I think that that's allowed me to actually get deeper sleep. And that's been the biggest thing. That's why I actually started learning again is because I was feeling well rested and no, was able to like, actually I can relate. Learning. I can relate. I started treat treating my obstructive sleep apnea and it was like night and day. I went from napping twice a day Thankfully, Ethan allows me to nap. He's pretty flexible to napping like once a week now. And it's usually because I stay up too late, like playing video games or something. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, I think, it, you know, just to like dip my toe into the topic for today for a second, I think that would probably be number one thing to keep, uh, to keep language learning fun and sustainable is to get your sleep in. And if, if you have something that's interrupting your sleep, try to figure it out. Then I just wrote so an email easier. about this. <laughs> what yeah, was the email? Nice. I, I, it's, it's about like how I used to cram like when I went to college. Like I got into this like habit and this like I was conditioned that like late night cram sessions like equaled good grades. And that same bad habit kind of carried over into language learning because, you know, you want to learn. Oh, okay. You stay up late to learn stuff you want to learn. Um, and just about how like that was really dragging me down and how I kind of switched from late light learning to giving myself permission to go to sleep and then wake up early and do the stuff I want to do in the morning instead. But yeah, it's pretty funny that we all kind of have a similar experience. We've got to sleep. You know, I've we've had a lot of clients over the past two years with Refold. And I have to admit, I've seen a lot of people make really good progress over the past couple of years doing like an hour a day, you know, keeping it low. That way they, they can do more if they feel like it, but it's always something they can fit into their day. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, an hour a day doesn't become like this unwieldy beast where like your whole, all of your time, your social life, all of it suffers. So I think that what I have seen, because I've not been doing much language learning this year, actually, I've been focusing on myself doing other things but at least from what i've seen looking at the clients an hour a day is sustainable is it going to be the fastest gains no but i always tell people the language is going to be there in a year you know it's going to be there in two years you don't have to rush especially if you have other things you're doing if you're learning to code you've got a full-time job you work overtime ben's actually releasing a video about this spoiler alert it's coming out, I think, next week. And he gives like a timeline of what your progress would look like if you um, study an hour a day. And then a timeline of what it would look like if you um, study for, or, you know, immerse whatever for two hours a day. And it's a really, 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 really interesting video. Um, I remember watching it and I was like, oh, this is really insightful. And I wish I had seen this three years ago when I started. One, to set myself up for realistic expectations. And, you know, two, to take it easy on myself because I was trying to cram in as many hours as possible, but 
um, I think the way I, I was doing it wasn't healthy and just wasn't sustainable. Yeah, then after a certain point, you know, your, your language should become something that you do stuff in. I had this discussion with a client who's very reading heavy and his listening is suffering. And I'm like, you know, you can keep playing video games in your target language, but that becomes video game time. And what you're actively working on with your language is something else like listening, because, you know, refold does lead to a very listening heavy start. You know, if you follow the roadmap, we we have a lot of reading your listening sort of suffers. And I think that as you pass that 5,000 unique word mark, where like goes, going, went, that's all one unique word. Um, it There becomes a time where you just do stuff in your, in your target language. You know, I recently had some labs done. I talked with the nurse. It was all in Filipino. And that wasn't language time. That was, oh, I'm getting blood, you know, blood taken for some tests. And it just happened to be in the target language. When was that? That was I think I remember yesterday. You posting about it and being excited about it. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. It was her second language too. She was an Ilocano speaker. So the thing about the Philippines is that most mm. people speak Filipino as a second language. So, um, yeah, we just have a nice little chat. I think there's a lot of people, there's probably a lot of people listening who would enjoy having the opportunity to do something like that. For sure. And there's also an unreleased podcast episode in Filipino. And I I don't know if I'm going to release it. I'm so shy because I feel like being a fake, well, I'm not a face of refold, but kind of a face of refold. People, one of the, I'm one of the many faces. I'm a face. It's like a Mount Rushmore of refold and you're on the mountain somewhere. But yeah, there are a couple of unreleased podcast episodes. One of them happens to be in Tagalog. So I don't know. The archive. Is it subtitled? It's not subtitled yet. It's just a raw two and a half hour recording. Um, what was the topic? A whole bunch of stuff. Um, I discussed stuff with Jojo, a Filipino speaker who has been refolding French for the past two or three years. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was nice. That's awesome. I want to see these unreleased episodes. I feel like I should have. Well, the, the, they're, they're the in one in Filipino if wouldn't mean anything to, to me. <laughs> Without subtitles, like I could watch it. And you could tell me it's about anything and I would believe you. Yeah, I think there are two like, unreleased oh. episodes. The episode that's in Filipino and then um, one of our German mods, Emmy. Uh, I interviewed her. And then we, we we later decided to walk that back. She was shy, and I'm not going to force somebody to to go on air if they you know they're shy. So there are at least two unreleased That's episodes. Fair. Yuri has a really good comment in the chat. By the way, it took me yeah, a sec. I did a double take. About. I'm like Yuri. This is not not the conversation for Yuri. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's a good um. It's a good comment that might be worth talking about. I'll uh, I can read, read that it. there. Um, I'll read it. Oh, you, oh, you yeah, got it. Go for it. Um, Yuri says, there's another way of viewing it. It's not realistic to commit five or ten years of studying Japanese. It's much more realistic to commit one or two years of hardcore learning, after which the language will just be part of your daily life. What is everybody's thoughts on that? I've got thoughts. Oh, but I want to hear I've got thoughts on it. I've been very casual with my Filipino learning, uh, but I'm coming up on like the seven year mark, I think. And it's very much a part of my daily life. I did go pretty hard for a little bit, but, you know, people, they're, 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 their situations change. You know, going really hard and sacrificing other things may not be the right way for some people. They, it might be better for them to take the long route. I want to say, like, the younger you are, the more realistic that is. So, yeah, like, if you're a teen or even in your 20s and you don't have a lot of commitments outside of, like, work or school and you have this, like, burning desire to learn Japanese, then, yeah, go hard. That is an awesome plan. Um, but for, like, for someone like me, just to give an example, I'm, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this publicly, but I'm 36. I've got a six-year-old. 
I'm old. I am old. I have a six-year-old. I have a job. I've got a family. I have friends. I have church. You know, like I've got like all this life stuff. And I just don't have four to five hours a day to spend on language learning. Like I could. No. But that if, would if you really time is a currency. There becomes yeah. a point in your life where you the, it's higher value because you have less of it. Right. So yeah. that scarcity makes it a little bit more valuable. And well, I also even if you are even if you are a teenager, too. even if you yeah. are a teenager and you do have that time, you are sacrificing things. You could be learning to code. You could be doing a whole bunch of other things, starting powerlifting, mm -hmm. and there are tons of other things than than your target language that you could spend that sort of semi-unlimited amount of time on when you're a teenager. I've seen a lot of yeah. people say, hey, I wish I'd learned to code when I had the time. Now they're in their 30s learning to code and they have a lot less time. I'll just say, when I was addicted to League of Legends, that time would have been much better spent learning Spanish <laughs> or Japanese That's or any language. <laughs> I would have been fluent by now. Like playing Guitar Hero, all those hours, I could have learned how to play the real freaking guitar. But no, I was like sitting there trying to like grind all these like expert songs. It was like a whole thing. I so, will say like, on that note, um, I have a comment about that. I do feel like the effort that I put into developing when I was trying to when I was trying to grind Rocket League and Osu, the 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 time I put into like setting my own training plan and setting up like um you know a plan to improve and and showing up every day and doing that kind of instilled these habits in me that I then then made it a lot easier to actually do some of these other things. So it wasn't completely a waste of time, I don't think. But um, it would have been, I would have developed sure. those habits had I just like started, if I, if I was just doing language learning, you know, that's another way to, to yeah. develop those habits anyway. So has anybody else found this is kind of unrelated, but like language learning kind of like scratches that like gaming itch? Like, oh, yeah, it's, number go sure. it, it super scratches that itch. Now, Tyler, how about you? What are your thoughts on this? Because I know that for a couple of years there, most of your free time was spent language learning, and then you went back to college, um, and mm -hmm. that kind of was a paradigm shift for you, where most of your free time was going into college and finishing up your degree. Uh, well, it is kind of related to this, but it's more just broadly speaking on, like, I guess I call it addiction, because it could potentially turn into an addiction. As I think Briz just used that word a second ago with league or something. But um, again, like there are worse addictions than like language learning, of course. But if it like does bother you or if it does affect your life, um, when you start like, at least this is what I've noticed as someone who has an addictive personality and has had to do a lot of work to actually get to where I'm at now to where I have more balance. But that said, um, when you start like, building your life or like organizing things in your life around language learning for example instead of finding a way to fit language learning into your life i find like that kind of situation is a good indicator that you should probably at least uh not reprioritize but think about uh like how much time you're actually putting into this and if it's have a and whether or not it's having an impact on your life, because that's usually a good sign that you're... How much time? Because I think yeah, out of all yeah. of us, maybe Cloudy excluded, you definitely had some of the longest days. You were reading for four or five hours a day at your peak, weren't you? Uh, a lot more than that. It was more like... A lot more than that. Uh, 10 or 11, usually. But... Yeah, uh, that's a lot of time. Was... Do you... Do you feel like that was a valuable use of your time? Or do you, you know, <laughs> do you regret spending that much time? Uh, well, first to clarify, when I say 10, 11 hours, I mean, that's like the most I would get on like a weekend, a weekend day. On like a weekday, it'd be more like five because I'd have to work. But, um, and your question was whether or not I view that as a productive use of my time, right? Or the use of my time? Um, I think that's correct. that's the question. Generally, okay. Uh, I think 
well, I don't regret spending that much time doing it, even though it really, like in hindsight, provided me with very little to no benefit, unless I decide to get back into reading again. Then, of course, there would be benefit in what I did. But, like, looking back on it, I don't regret it. Do I think it was the best use of my time? No. <laughs> Especially now. Um, but at the same time, it also helped elevate my level or my ability in the language and has gotten me to where I'm at now. So, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, how about you? What were you spending at your peak? Because you sort of took a break and you started coding and you are now mentoring people in, in coding. Um, so how much time were you spending at your peak? Back in the day, um, there I, I I had days where I was experimenting with trying to see like trying to max trying to max it out just just uh, practically every minute of my day. Um, I I was doing things like taking vacation days at work and stringing a few of them together with my weekend so that I could immerse for like you know fourteen hours. Um, but the difference. Like, I really don't think, and see, and that was just like an occasional, you know, uh, experiment that I did. There's a lot of times where I would, I would listen, you know, to stuff all day at work. Um, and, and then I would come home and watch a few shows and, you know, it'd be like eight, 10 hours or whatever. But a lot of that wasn't necessarily fully focused. And, um, I think especially on the days where I was really trying to, push these long hours like the amount of the amount of actual mental focus and clarity that i had during anything beyond four six hours was a lot lower that's going to be different for different people but for me it was it was definitely lower at the time and uh, i think being perpetually sleep deprived was was kind of uh was kind of making those those scenarios like not really worth it. I think honestly, if I would have instead of trying to maximize my hours like twelve hours a day, if I would have just instead tried to maximize my sleep for like nine hours a day, I would have I would have made a lot more progress. <laughs> so it's like a it's a balancing act. I do think it's like if you if you are um kind of along the lines of what Tyler was saying if you if you are making sacrifices like everything you know you have a limited amount of time and if you're starting to make some sacrifices that negatively impact your life that is this, I think that's a sign where you have to you have to look at your decisions look at your choices and think like is this is this worth it am I am I I'm missing out on social activities like maybe I'm going to college and I'm not I'm not joining any clubs. I'm not joining groups. I'm not doing extracurricular stuff. I'm not making use of that. You situation. have some hobbies that are social, right? You like disc golf, and there are things in your life beyond language learning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and and that's something that it's like, um, yeah, whether it's like playing golf or disc golf, it and. Uh, like exercise i'm i'm huge into lifting um and yeah and there's just like there's there's lots of there's there's some online gaming communities that i occasionally will spend a little bit more time in uh friends that i know from there where we're we're doing fun things fun group activities and that stuff like that stuff is is such a nice thing to have and i don't think that like one hour a week of doing something like that is going to it it's not the sacrifice to my language you know if i were focusing 100 percent on language right now that wouldn't be worth it like i would i would totally choose to spend an hour playing some games uh like you know uh like playing uh multiplayer games with my niece or my sister or my brothers it's like um spending time with family and going out for a walk in the morning, you know, even in a walk in silence, these are all things that are like really valuable. And I don't, and you know, you, you just have to like figure out, I guess for yourself, if, um, if you want to maximize your time, 
I think you got to cut out at least a little bit of time for like centering yourself, silence, winding down before bed and these kinds of things. It's going to make all of that like maxed out time a lot better. Now, speaking of your niece, um, you tried to get her into language learning at one point, didn't you? (laughs) Well, she was, uh, she, she was curious about it. She was interested in it, but She's, she's know, a weeb, right? She really like she likes anime. Yeah, yeah. And it's just one of those things where, like, she's got so much stuff going on, you know, part-time jobs, uh, the boyfriend, the, like, the social activities, sports. And it becomes one of those things where it's like, I think, you know, I, I, I can't be, I can't be trying to force anybody or pressure anybody to do, like, I... I, I like positive pressure a little bit. Like I, I I'll keep in touch with somebody who's like working on something. Like my brother's doing some coding, uh, learning how to code. I, I keep, I, I ask him about it all the time. Um, and, but you know, if, if somebody doesn't want to do something, they're not going to do it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's like, uh, you can teach or you can teach someone how to fish, but you can't make them do it. How that saying goes, like you can show them how to do, but you can't actually make them do it. You can't you bring can a horse to water, to water, but you can't make <laughs> yeah, them drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know that works yeah. too. You can't make someone cast a fishing line. <laughs> that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I feel like when I first started language learning, but like I was super. Somebody, oh, go ahead. Right, Bree, you're making your daughter do do Spanish. Well, yeah, and let me tell you, it's I can't make different. her drink it up. Yeah, it's like part of school, <laughs> though. And we're doing Glossica, and I basically have just been trying to be like her concierge, if you will. Like, I'm trying to like present her with really engaging Spanish content that she'll want to listen to without fighting it too much. Um, so, like, she really likes this anime called Sakura Card Captor, and it happens to be available in Spanish. And so, like, our Spanish time. I like how you say a very well known anime. Like, we don't know. I mean, I'm sure people don't know what it is, but there, I'm sure, I didn't know what it was. But, like, I feel like that's a classic. It's like a classic. I didn't say, like, anime. it is. It is. It is classic, but she likes it, but it's available in Spanish. And so, like, you know, Someone not everybody hears a week. Catalan dub was better. It's, it's, oh, okay. I haven't seen that, but it's definitely in uh, Spain, Spanish. <laughs> it's one of those dubs, but she really enjoys it. And I've been doing Glossica with her because, like, she can't read. And I don't want her, I don't want Spanish spelling to confuse with her English spelling because English is so weird. Um, so I'm not, like, actively teaching her how to read in Spanish yet, but that will come soon. Um, anyway. So we've been doing Glossica because that's totally audio based and just to, you know, kind of prime her brain, kind of like how somebody in an immersion based learning program would use Anki, you know. So I've been doing a little bit of that, but it's very slow. I mean, she's six. She's got she's got like 20 years to learn the dang language, you know, like we're it's not a race. I'm just trying to, like, set her up oh, for she, success. Later. After 26, it's over. She can't learn anymore. That's it. She's done. She's dead like I am. That's it. No, just kidding. Um, but yeah, like she's got forever to learn it. So we're just taking it really slow. I'm trying not to overwhelm her too much. I'm just trying to like, you know, set, you know, realistic expectations. And yeah, it's been it's been fun. Like she's picking up words. Cool, Tons of she kids learned... out there have learned English by watching English dubs. So making yeah. her watch anime and be a little six year old weave in Spanish. There's worse things out there. There, there are, and she's got. I set up an entire YouTube kids based immersion account for her. Like she's totally like refold pilled, you know. So, um, it's great. Like every day we have quote unquote Spanish time, and I usually give her like a little treat or something while she watches her Spanish. And yeah, and I've been trying to like do like less tablet time with her, so like it's really special that she gets to have her, you know, shows before she can technically have her her screen time. So. It's been good. So I have a suggestion for yeah uh, the along the lines of of today's topic tips for keeping a healthy attitude towards language learning and language immersion. That's that's what the topic is, right? Um, I think 
I think for me, uh, something that I naturally kind of do and something I did a lot with learning Korean that I think is really important for keeping a healthy attitude towards what it is that you're doing. I think it's so important to be curious and find interesting things in your target language and and continually uh, get like immersed, not just with the language but immerse in the ideas and the culture and the 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 like, fun entertainment find find really compelling entertainment find people that you like find uh shows that you like and i think that's like for for anybody who struggles with spending time immersing or like feels like they are just grinding out or they or they feel like they're they're trying to optimize so hard that they are not allowing themselves to have any fun i think all of that can really develop some like weird feelings you have towards what it is that people do that do. with a lot of hobbies right they, yeah. they turn their hobby into a job yeah yeah but making making sure that you are like getting curious about stuff like sometimes I'll go around in Google Maps and just like explore neighborhoods or I'll I'll watch videos of somebody walking through different neighborhoods and I'll find a cool neighborhood and I'll just like go and, and explore it in Google Maps and read the signs and look up stuff. And I I always found that really fun to like explore the streets of Seoul because I've never actually been there. Like or these smaller towns that you know I don't get to see, you don't usually get to see. Um that kind of stuff and watching watching fun shows that you like that's all that all helps make you make it so that it's something that you want to do and that's like a, an important part of keeping a healthy attitude towards it yeah and if it's something that you want to do then the activity is also a lot more restorative um yeah. you know if it's if it feels like a chore and you're you're treating it like one and you're just grinding and grinding and grinding like it'll take you know, I don't know how to like say this, but like it'll take like your life force and your energy. But if it's something that you genuinely look forward to and you can relax with it, then it'll like add to your energy and it'll it'll feel like self-care almost. Yeah. Yeah. Something related I wanted to add is like um, just making it as easy as possible for you to actually do it. And this really just goes for like anything. But um like making it so there's as little resistance as possible for you to actually go and do whatever it is you want to do or are trying to do. Um, but yeah. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because we haven't heard uh, too much from George. I'm curious what you what you do to make things like your your attitude towards language learning healthy. Oh, I think. What I said earlier about being okay with just spending an hour a day, you know? Um, and again, not making it into work. Uh, for a while there, because um, we get language learning time at Refold. That's one of the perks. We get, you know, like 30 minutes a day where we can spend on our target language. I do a lot of the support tickets for the site. And I, I believe about 60% of our user base is Spanish speaking. And for a while, it became work. It became like I made it into work quite literally. And that really turned me away from Spanish. Like I would do my 30 minutes of work and I'd be like, okay, I'm done. I'm dropping Spanish for the day. I'm not. And here lately, I've just been going down these weird YouTube rabbit holes, watching people try different snacks from different countries, just total sort of trash YouTube. And I've been having fun again because I, I stopped thinking of it as work. Um, so I think. Don't make it into work and be content with low time. If you do 30 minutes a day, an hour a day, you will eventually make progress. Um, especially for somebody who is working and may have other things that are exhausting and, and dealing with, you just may not be ganky and that's okay. That's a kind of, I want to dovetail off of that. Like the spending just like a one hour a day and that's fine. One of the things that I've really struggled with, and I've talked about this like on previous podcasts, and I wrote an email about this, but one of the least healthy things that I've done and still kind of do is like that classic comparing your progress versus other people's progress. It's like it's hard to kind of like separate yourself from that and go, okay, I'm spending X hours of days language learning 
my progress is going to look like this. Someone who spends more time is likely going to make more progress and that's okay. It's okay to make slower progress. And the amount that I've wrestled with that, <laughs> like even though like, I don't feel like I should have, like it's still kind of amazing how far I've gotten, you know, like to me, I have to like convince myself that it's good enough. Like what I've done is good enough. And like the reality is that it is. Um, and I think a lot of us put like these really unhealthy expectations on ourselves where we have to study a certain amount or we have to sound a certain way, you know, we have to keep up with the people around us. And I just think that's a real bad route down the mental health highway, personally. I don't know if anybody else has experienced that here, but that's something that I've really struggled with. Yeah, I think that's pretty common. I see a lot of people talk about it. I know I've had moments where I think those things, those, those thoughts come up naturally. You know, it's like uh, with anything that you spend a lot of time doing, um, you there are moments where you compare yourself to other people. I think, I think the big thing is like um, processing those moments. Like it's like I don't think I I don't know. Maybe some people don't have this experience at all where they never ever think about how like other how good other people are doing how much they're doing comparing your effort and your level and everything but um knowing that that stuff just happens and then you go eh you know just shake it off and and just move on you know because it's not a really productive thing to be caught up in but it's definitely oh something no that, yeah, yeah. We, we can't like like for anybody who like who's constantly churning over like who's better, who's good, and they're like staying really engaged with people's uh, reading amounts, you know, it's like a competition. That can that, it's like you gotta you gotta be careful with that kind of attitude because it's it could it could eat at you, you know. Yeah, for me. Um... Again, I've also like had that problem with like comparing my output ability, speaking specifically to other people. Um, this was mostly like a couple years ago before I started speaking, but um, like I would realize that I didn't like start learning the language for the same reasons they started learning. So our interests are going to be different, obviously, to some degree. Therefore, our progression and like the language itself is going to be different. So kind of like comparing yourself to anyone but yourself is to me at least kind of silly, but again, I know it's easier said than done. But yeah, that's been my experience with it. Yeah, I've definitely had to like consciously like train myself to not think that way. <laughs> like, and it was hard. Uh, you know, we had this like cognitive behavioral therapy kick at Refold recently. It's where so people good. Have been working on things, and everybody should jump on the bandwagon. One thing that I realize, so something that I do, even outside of language learning, is compare myself to others, but also undervalue what I do. Um, you know, some exactly to not value their contributions or their abilities, and I think it can apply to language learning too. Where there's some people just undervalue what they have done, the time that they've spent, the progress that they've made. I think it's funny, something like uh, like working out. It, I, I can go and, and work out and like after, after a few sets, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so big. I'm such, I'm so strong now, holy crap. I, I can't believe it. And I, I have, I don't like have this natural, like, oh, I'm not doing good enough. For for me, working out, it just feels good and I love it. And like, it just, it feels funny to me how easy it is for me to stay positive about that thing. But um, something like, like language learning is a little bit harder. It's like, uh, I actually do, you know, occasionally have those thoughts come up where it's like, you know, oh, like uh, this person's, this person, spent like half the time that I spent on it and they made way more progress. But um, I think at the same time, it's like we all have our own reasons and our own story and our own um, challenges. 
everybody faces different challenges. Some of them are invisible. You don't know what's going on. Maybe somebody is spending all of their time language learning because like their home life is terrible and it's like an escape. And so they just like obsessively go into it and they're just like waiting to get out of a bad situation or something like that. And that provides a lot of motivation for them. You never know what drives people or what, what might be holding people back, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And that touches in on don't compare yourself to other people. Even if you're, they're your twin brother, you know, the, the attitudes and the treatment and what goes on day to day is going to differ and that's okay. Yeah, that's true. I feel like that's something that a lot of people here struggle with. There's a lot of competition and stuff. But I do think like a healthy amount, like someone joked in the chat that <laughs> they're listening to us. And they're like, meanwhile, on the German server, there's a literal <laughs> reading competition. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with a little bit of competition. And sometimes that's really a good way to stay motivated. You know, as long Especially as you kind of keep whatever that competition, competition is. In, and, and you have it in context, right? Like if, as long as you keep like that in context of your mind, like a little competition can go a long way. I'm pretty good yeah, at it. As long as it's healthy competition and it's something that exactly. you walked into doing. Yeah, exactly. But I do think that immersion learning and refold and AJAT and all of the other types of immersion learning out there do attract competitive people or they attract extreme people, mm -hmm. you know, for sure. And I think that's where you get some of the competition is it's just sort of like sample bias. Whereas if you go to like a, a normie language learning community, like our language learning on Reddit or some of the big public language learning servers, you get more casual people. So I do think that's something that's sort of unique to our community is we do attract people who are a little bit more intense. Yeah, I guess I also want to mention because um, in case it wasn't because I don't think I made the, the distinction. I don't think I made it clear. I don't think that competition is all bad. And I do think that people are driven by competition, or at least some people are. There are some people out there that's that makes it that makes it better for them. Um, but as long as you can um, feel a little bit of that competition without getting wrapped up in um, the negative emotions from it. You don't want to associate language learning with strong negative emotions. That's like, it's like, you know, it's like training a dog to salivate at the sound of a bell. You're training yourself to feel terrible every time you engage with this language. It, it works the same way. Exactly. Like, so you don't yes. want to, you don't want to mess with that wiring. You want to like keep it positive. So like have a, be a good sport, be competitive, but be a good sport, you know? And like, uh, you know, put GG in chat after you lose. It's like, <laughs> like say good game after the game. It's like, uh, when when you're when you're playing like little league, you go and like after a game, you shake hands with the other team, and and it's like have that have that self decency, that respect to be like, hey, you know what, we did our best, and and bring that, you know, if you're going to be competitive, bring that attitude towards your own language learning. I did my best. I put it all out there. And I'm going to show up tomorrow and and work hard, too, you know. So if you are that competitive person, just like be be healthy about it. Definitely. I think another thing, too, that um, is like important about this healthy language learning. Topic is like setting healthy goals for yourself, like not just like the amount of time that you spend in the language, but like really evaluating what it is that you want to get out of it what's reasonable for you to get out of it how will that like how will your goals affect your life um and then like make a plan and work backwards from there i think a lot of people come into especially like our community like you said like we attract people really extreme come in and like i want to be perfect i want everything to be you know i want to be 100% native i want I, I want it and that's great for a lot of people but not everybody needs that like level of fluency and like the amount of work it will take to get there. Um, and I think it's healthy to kind of step back, look at your life and go, okay, 
what's like what level of this language will help me the most and then go there i don't know if that makes any sense or not um but that's something that's like really helped me yeah there might be a level where your vision for the the what is your ideal uh is um there might be a point where you go you know spending 12 hours at this point like doesn't get me any closer to what it is i want to do with my life i think i think that's actually another another great point is it's like uh people who carve out their own idea of what their ideal is that that's how you stay healthy with your expectations and with your goals and everything is if you're not trying to, you're not trying to play out somebody else's game. Like you're not trying to um, align your goals to match somebody else's. It's like ideas, unrealistic beauty want. standard language edition. Like yeah. <laughs> that's basically like, what it is. Like there's, there might be some people out there who are like, Oh, I want to like, I want to do the JLPT in six months at, or, you know, get like, uh, at like N1 at the JLPT in six months. It's like, is that your goal? Like, why, why is that your goal? You know, does if, if you actually just want to watch a lot of anime, um, or, you know, something like that, then like this picking this other goal that's, that somebody else is really passionate about because you want to like keep up with them. That's, that's like, that's going to be a source of tension for your own learning because you're, you're pulling yourself away from what it is you actually want to do and trying to keep up with something that is somebody else's passion. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got to be your something. own guide. All right. Uh, you're like, uh, it's like you're not living your own life, kind of. <laughs> like you're living someone else's yeah. life. And I'm back. Uh, totally. Life, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I first started language learning, like I bought the hype um, that like, yeah, like native or bust. Like that that was kind of like the the attitude back back in my day, back when I first joined, like not refill, but MIA. Like the attitude was generally like, if you're not learning to a native level, what is the point? And I let that somewhat like infect my ideas of, well, okay, if I'm not reaching for perfection, then I shouldn't bother at all. But as I've gone further down this road, COVID's over, I'm leaving my house more, you know, like I, I've just like, I had to like sit with myself and realize like, what's really my goal? Like, what do I really want? I want to be able to help my child learn Spanish. Okay. I want to be able to communicate with people that I meet around me. Okay. I want to be able to use Spanish at a functional professional level. Okay. What would speaking like a native get me like towards any of those goals? And the answer is nothing other than like a cool party trick, you know? So I think there can be diminishing returns for sure. Yeah. But for some people, like it makes sense. Like you want to move to that country. You want to integrate into the society like that. Of course you want to learn the language to the best level that you can. But like for what I need, it's not native or bust. It's upper intermediate or bust, low advanced or bust. <laughs> like that's where I'm at. And I'm really kind of like feel free by that. You know, I don't feel like I'm like trapped in this, like, oh, if I never reach a native level of speaking and pronunciation, then like, I'll just never achieve my goals. And, you know, like it, that, switching my, my end game to something that was more realistic for my personal experiences and my ability to spend time in the language has like been a huge weight off of my shoulders, personally. If you, if you moved to a country that spoke your target language primarily, do you think you would aim for native level? Because even though I intend to move to Japan, when I move there, I don't intend to go for anything higher than like C1 because oh. I just don't give a shit. Oh, sorry. I, sorry. C1's pretty high. That's pretty high. I think like moving to a, like if you really want to like live there for like the rest of your life and have a family there, I think that would be an okay goal. But like, I, I don't see it be like just like in my personal life. I don't see it being necessary unless you're doing that. Um, but or you're just like really in love with the language and that's like what you're into doing. But like my end game is like I want to be bilingual. I want to stave off Alzheimer's. I want to teach my kids Spanish. You know, like my goals aren't 
don't require native like abilities and tyler like like and plus there's plenty of people here in america that 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 i speak with on like a daily basis that do not have a native like level of english and that does not get in the way of all i just i'm like mm -hmm. oh okay they have an accent and then i move on with my day you know like there's literally nothing wrong with it yeah someone wrote spanish or vanish and i am like dying over <laughs> here i can't i can't Excuse me while I have a crying fit of laughter over here. Some classic flows and frame. This is, that's classic. So has anybody else's like goals like shifted over time? Like Tyler, you mentioned that your goal is like C1, but you're not interested in native level. Has that been mm. a change in your goal or has that been your goal from the start? Uh, from the beginning. Uh, well, for context, I started with MIA, which was a bit more hardcore. Just people, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, like, I kind of become, for lack of a better word, indoctrinated through that kind of mindset. And so I think, at least compared to now, I feel like back then a lot more people had the mindset of, like, perfect accent, perfect language ability, just, like, literally native or you failed. Um, so similarly, I had the same mindset when I first started. Um, and then like a year in, I just kind of like reevaluated what I actually want out of it. And I realized that I kind of just want to read stuff, watch stuff and be able to communicate more eloquently than with a great accent. So for example, I want to be able to talk intelligently about a number of topics instead of putting all my eggs into the pitch accent basket. So. Um, I wonder what yeah. that basket would look like. It's late. <laughs> I don't know why, but like I just got like <laughs> I just had like a very real visual of like a pitch basket, a pick, a pitch, pitch accent basket. Wow, that's really difficult to say. A pitch basket requires <laughs> some English output practice. Listen, I don't get enough of that, and I feel like that's evident with this event. <laughs> I've uh, I've also had my um goals and stuff change over time and and it like first of all it was like my general idea going into it was like i'm just gonna keep going until i'm good and uh <laughs> and that like goalpost always changes the 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 gooder you get um but it's it's the it's the idea that um i had a moment where i all of my priorities shifted and i decided to take a full and complete break no Anki, no Immersion, no Korean shows, no comic books, no Korean YouTube, anything. So I could focus on, on YouTube and then also focus on my health. And, uh, and then now, uh, or did I say focus on my YouTube? I meant programming, sorry. Um, and uh, so, and now that I'm like, now that I'm kind of getting almost to a point where I could probably take a job in a front-end position, I just need a little bit more practice with React. And my, fundament my fundamentals are pretty good. I, I now feel like it's okay for me to spend some time doing some immersion again. And this time, I'm just... I don't, I don't have a goal. Instead, I just have... It's just something that I missed doing, and I enjoy, I enjoy it. So making a little bit of progress like i'll figure out what my plan is later i'll figure out what my goal is later but right now i'm just here to enjoy uh immersing again and making a little progress again i'm happy with that perfect those are wise words so i want to thank all of the people in the live audience for coming back to this throwback and i want to thank uh brie Ryan and Tyler for coming on. This was a fantastic format. I really enjoyed it. We should do this like once a month, just saying. I'm going to mm. riot to make that happen. <laughs> it that is pretty fun. fun. It was, yeah, thanks for having me back on here. Yeah, I'm going to pass it to Jafar, our video editor. I'll pass the audio because that's all we got. And... Um, I think this is YouTube worthy. I think it was a great conversation. A lot of cool people here. 
and uh, the audience interaction i've missed it so much uh definitely a throwback for me yeah this is fun yeah thanks for for setting this up today all right guys i'll see you around all right thanks for coming thanks for bye. listening guys bye, -bye. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Refold Podcast. If you're watching the live premiere, you're in luck. Right as it ends, we have an after party over on the Refold Central Discord server. Come join us by using refold.link forward slash join and chat about the episode. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to hear more, you can find older episodes to listen to on YouTube and Spotify. Let us know what you thought about the video by liking and leaving a comment below. Do you have suggestions for upcoming visitors or requests for particular topics? Please feel free to reach out to me on Discord at georgepig hashtag 5413 or via email at clayton at refold.la. Thank you all for watching and or listening, and I'll see you next week.